Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. I am Stacy Johnson. For the vast majority of my 40-year career offering financial advice, my advice on paying for a financial advisor was real simple. Don't. My logic? Managing your money is not rocket science. What you don't already know, you can easily learn. And since nobody cares as much about your money as you do, you should be the one doing it. Plus, after spending a decade working for major Wall Street firms, I learned that when it comes to commission-based advisors, the advice you pay for may be fattening their, their wallet and not yours. As I approach my own retirement, however, I've gotten less rigid. Now I do realize that not everyone's the same and nor are their situations. There are decent advisors out there, and just because you're theoretically capable of learning something doesn't mean you're going to take the time and effort to do it. Even more important, as retirement nears and your nest egg grows, the moves you make or don't make can have life-changing repercussions. In short, I now believe there are people and situations that can benefit from paid financial advice. But that begs two critical questions. Number one, how do I know when it's time to hire help? Number two, how do I find the right person to help me? And that's what this week's Money Podcast is all about. We're going to talk about the different types of financial advisors, how to determine if you need one, and if so, how to find the right one for you. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hey, Miranda. hey Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hello, everybody. And this week, we have a special guest, Pam Kruger of WealthRamp.com. Hello, Pam. Hi, guys. Let's get the ball rolling. But first, a quick disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this show, do not take them as recommendations because they're not recommendations. Before you invest in anything, you got to do your own research. you got to make your own decisions. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Now, Pam is an expert at this because Pam owns a business that helps match people with financial advisors. Tell, tell us a little bit about that, Pam. Well, Pam knows a little about this because I traveled the same exact path as you, Stacey, with the exact same outlook on do-it-yourself versus have advice. I mean, you and I are twins in this way. Um, I, too, had the experience of you know being involved with you know, wirehouse, um, major brokerage firm, independent advisors. Um, and I walked away from that experience having said, my God, look at all the digital tools that are out there. Why would anybody ever need an advisor? And when I was doing our, our TV series, Money Trap, that was on nationally on PBS stations, our viewers told me that there were many times where they wanted help. They wanted help. They wanted help. And it was beyond the digital tools and it was beyond the robo advisors. And so I had to make room, even though I had this bias against advisors, I had to flip the script and say, Pam, stop thinking about the 97% of advisors you don't think people need and maybe realize that there are people who want human help and focus on the 3% who are out there of advisors who truly are competent, fiduciary, and absolutely can earn an A on a report card. And that's the only reason I launched WealthRamp, which builds a bridge between consumers looking for that kind of help and advisors, because good luck trying to figure out who these advisors are and how you're going to get your money's worth from them without having some kind of help. Now, Pam, and by the way, Pam and I have exactly the same careers. It's really kind of amazing. We we met 30 years ago, Pam? God, yeah. Is it? Anyway, so we, we were competitors, friendly competitors, selling video, sell, selling financial news to TV stations, right? And we were also both stockbrokers for 10 years before that. Is that correct? 
Yeah, we, we have almost identical careers. Yep. And then I had a few years in the independent fiduciary advisor space. And so that's how I got to look into the back offices and take sneak peeks into all these different business models and how they were working. And I walked away from that saying, I don't think I'd ever want an advisor if I were a consumer because it's too confusing, number one. And number two, they're all over the map. How do you how do you know who's who and for what I need? That's why I that's why I just like you. That's why I kept trying to teach people do it yourself. You know, Pam, just the other day, I, I made a, a substantial contribution to a, um, a defined benefit plan um, to lower my taxes for 2021. And I, I did it through Charles Schwab, but I did not have an account before that. And I was talking to the Charles Schwab guy. I mean, he called me immediately as soon as I deposited the significant sum into their accounts. And he's like, and I said, you know, I used to do this myself. I was a financial advisor. Uh, you know, I, I worked for E.F. Hutton. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, okay, okay, I work for Shearson. <gasps> what? Never heard of Shearson. Who? Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, were you born like 15 minutes ago? I mean, you're going to give me financial advice? But anyway, that being said, what? let's go pros and cons. One, one obvious con of financial, getting paying for financial advice is you're paying. It costs money, right? This is the what, whole what? point. You have to have some intelligent way to scope out what you need, figure out your expectations. What do I want if I engage and actually pay a fee over and over again to an advisor? What do I want from that relationship? How do I squeeze the value? Because when it's done right, that fee will pay for itself. But more often than not, Stacy, it's not done correctly because so many of the advisors in the industry have something they want to sell you. And that's not advice, that's sales. So the pros are of, of having the help when you need it are that picture yourself finally getting to that point where your life is becoming layered and complex. And you have you know all kinds of situations, RMDs coming up where you've got Roth IRA conversions and tax focused planning or stock options. And you want to hit the help button. You know, this is where if you get the right help, that's a game changer forever. It takes the stress out and, and you have someone with whom. And here comes the key word, collaborate. Okay, now, now Miranda, Miranda, we're, we're all financial people. Well, Aaron is becoming a financial person, but his, his technical job is he's a videographer. But the, the three of us, we literally do this for a living. Um, now, so let me go to Miranda and say, Miranda, you would begin to hire a, fin, fin, you know, a financial advisor, would you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've actually sat down and uh, done a thing where where I've like gotten a little bit of financial planning help and a little bit of direction. So I find it useful to have somebody outside to look at things and, you know, kind of do a fee only sort of just look at what's going on as far as managing my money, um, that kind of thing. That's not really something that I'm 
super interested in. Uh, but I do uh, like the idea of having an outside person just kind of look at my finances, see where I'm on track, see if I need to make some tweaks and help me create a financial plan. So I'm not really opposed to it. It's not something I do very often. But every now and again, I do like to get that check. And so like that, that double check and that yeah. tweak. And so I'll sit down with somebody and have them kind of look at you know, what I'm doing, whether it makes sense for me. It doesn't mean that I want them to manage my money or manage my assets. Uh, but, but yeah, because I mean, because it's very simple for me, right? I just keep putting stuff in index you know, funds and try what, weird experiments. So what, nothing what, really, nothing really exciting there. So what we're talking about financial planning, hold on, when we're talking about financial planning here, are we, we're not talking about day-to-day -day shopping habits here. We are talking about, you know, just managing basically money. retirement. Are yeah, we talking we're talking about, about managing like, your retirement account just or managing your, account. your investments. Okay, so let's say you don't know anything. Let's say we're you're offering uh, advice at least. I should say not. Let's say you're, you're like, well, you're scared of buying stocks. You're scared of all of this stuff. Let's say uh, you're a uh, you're a you're a millennial or whatever. What's the entry point here where you should say, okay, this is this is uh, this is a type of fee which this is a good fee to pay for a financial advisor. Don't go beyond this. If a financial advisor asks you this much in a fee, that's, that's beyond scope. Let's or take a how, step does back that, how does that work? That. Pam, when, when, who needs a financial advisor? Uh, many people don't. Many people don't. Um, and then many people will when they don't realize that they, they don't think they will, and then they will. Like, Miranda, you may not need that today or want that today. What I've learned from people who have taught me, our viewers from our show, is that you know when I was forty, uh, I didn't feel I needed an advisor. Um, not even not even what Miranda said, just for the fresh eyes, check in once in a while, and then all of a sudden life changes. You know, there's so many things you can control, so many things you can't control. Then you're married, you've got a family, you've got dynamics that are changing all around you. I don't think there's any rule of thumb baseline. I think that it's individual. So my niece who's only, she's extremely interested in getting on track and she has a great income, but no assets yet. So she she said to me that she wanted to meet with one of the planners that's in my network. Why planners and we have, you know, everything up to, you know, of course, through investment advisors who manage portfolios that are 20, 50, 100 million. So for Haley, um, I did pair her up with a financial planner who sat down and did what Miranda is doing, like every now and again, a check-in. So Aaron, a reasonable um, price to pay, a reasonable fee to pay for the right person, and we're gonna, I'm gonna focus on that a lot, has to be the right advisor for you. Um, when, you when you're talking about that level, you're talking about something like an entry point of maybe $1,500. You know, realistically, maybe $2,500 if you wanted. I mean, this is the fee you're talking about. Yeah, that would have cost you out of pocket because you're paying these advisors because they're fiduciary and they work only for you. They're not getting commissions to sell you insurance policies. They're just working only for you. So your fee is going to be wholly dependent, whether you have $100 million or whether you have $1,000. It's going to be dependent on how much time and how much complexity is involved in your case. So how much time does the advisor need to spend on your case because it's not complicated it can be really in and out pretty easy if it's something that is extremely complicated that involves estate planning attorneys and second marriages and businesses that you sold and real estate cash flows well obviously that's going to be more time and more complexity 
So that's how you look at how you pay for an advisor's time. But the key to the whole success of it is what kind of advisor. I know it feels like they're all like, think of it almost like a, a paper cardboard cutout of some guy who's just in a suit. And it's like, oh, that's an advisor. No, there's like, there's a zillion different types of advisors. And out of those who can truly earn and demonstrate that they're truly competent and have the experience, there's specializations within these advisors. And you don't want to go to the wrong advisor. That's the key. Well, now, let me, I want to go back to something Miranda said, because I'm curious about this myself. Um, I, I got a financial plan through, I, I own a financial website, and so these people approach me and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I got a free financial plan is the bottom line. And I've never considered, I mean, I've written five books on this topic. I mean, you know, I don't really need any help. But nonetheless, um, I did it just to see what it would be like, because we we're thinking about offering them to our readers, you know, offering these plans. So um, I got a plan myself. And I got, basically, I got an attaboy. I mean, they got, you know, he got all my information. Then he came back with a document and all that stuff. You know, I got, it's like, it, I think it was supposed to cost 500 bucks. Anyway, but it made me feel good knowing I was on the right track, is my point. Um, so now, but what Miranda was saying earlier was, I'd like to know that, know that I'm on the right track, have somebody look at it and say, yeah, you're doing well. But I don't want to pay $1,500 for that. I mean, I could look at any of y'all's financial plans. And I don't care how much money you have. And I could tell you in 15 minutes whether you're on the basic right track. So what, am I going to pay $1,500 to have somebody tell me I'm on the right track? What's involved here? I mean, like, are they going to, are they going to call me every week? I mean, how does this work? Well, it depends on, on the kind of engagement that you want. So let's just say that you do want the one and done, you know, which frankly, unless you're young, I don't think it's in your best interest to get the one and done when you're older. And I'll tell you why, when you're moving along in your career, because things change so quickly. And, and if you get the one and done and you think you're fine, Stacy, and then in two years from now, life has changed. Interest rates are up. Stock markets change. Other things in your life have changed. You're going to dust that dust off that re report you got two years ago. You're going to pull it up online, look at it, and you're going to go, oh, but I'm still on track. And it's like, well, no, because that was then and this is now. It's a snapshot in time. So if you if you do want to check in and you want that, just give me some fresh eyes, like Miranda said. Just tell me. That could be, that could be $700 or $500 for a couple of hours of a really good um, planner's time to dig in. Now, the, the financial planner who's right is going to be looking at everything holistically and they're going to look at your blind spots they're not just going to give you a piece of paper that's just a cookie cutter software generated thing you could have done yourself they're going to and here's the key they want to stress test your assumptions that's the whole point in wanting a second pair of eyes even for you stacy you want someone who's going to stress test what you're assuming is working in your life holistically you're, again, real estate, your plans, your cash flows. So if you do it right, it's going to take time. And yeah, if you want to pay under 500, you can go get a self-generated report or you can go to a cookie cutter and you can get that. I don't recommend that. I think if you're going to do it and you really want to get a look at truly stress testing your assumptions and projections, I think you need to have somebody who's going to spend at least three or four hours and that's going to cost you, you know, $250 an hour at, at a minimum. Well, okay. You know, I've got one huge objection to, to uh, financial advisors or money managers or financial planners. And I'm going to tell you what that is right after I take a quick break. We're going to be right back. Okay. We're back. Now here's, here's a problem I have. This is true with realtors too, by the way, my house was worth $500,000 when I bought it. 
the realtor didn't do a darn thing to make my house go up in value. Now it's worth a million dollars. Well, the commission to sell that house is now going to be $60,000 when it used to be 30000 They didn't do anything to enhance the value of my house, but they're getting twice as much money. Now, let me relate that back to our topic today. Um, a lot of financial planners, they want 1% of assets under management. Pretty common, right, Pam? This is the question that I, I get every single day. Because, you know, the market's gone up 20% plus for the last three years. In other words, the market has doubled in the last 10 I years. I get it. Doubled. More than. Okay. So this guy who was making, you know, $10,000 on my million-dollar portfolio is now making, you know, he's making 20000 He hadn't he had done a darn thing. No. He, that, that should not happen. Okay. Well, okay. So but, what does happen in real life? What does happen in real life is, with, again, I'm, I hate to do this to you. But again, all advisors are not created equal. So you may have advisors out there that charge these assets under management fees, fine, that's, that's, that's fine. Um, but they are you know, allowing that fee to get that high so that your fee would double. But if you're with the right advisor and you agree that it's okay to pay that advisor on this assets value, assets under management, if you want to. You don't always have to, Stacey. You don't always have to, you guys. You can have a different arrangement. I'll explain that. But if you do agree to that, that advisor who's the right advisor, they're not going to all of a sudden double your fee because the market took your investments and the value of all of your assets to that level. Your fee will be reduced down percentage wise so that you're paying you know the same pretty much the same they're not going to increase and double your fee simply because the market did the work and by the way i should hasten to add too that it could be that this financial advisor doubled my money with his suggestions or her suggestions you know that that could also be true well then they do deserve to to participate in that profit because they created it but I was just thinking, like, I have 35 stocks, and if I just turn them over to a financial advisor right now, I'd start paying $10,000 for something that wouldn't cost me anything. I so really, it, it, I, I really teach people, and I really urge people not only to talk about the fees, I teach them how to have the conversation with the advisor openly and avoid the big, awkward conversation at the end. Have that conversation up front about, is there a different way if I don't want you to manage my portfolio coming in the door? I mean, this is our first date. You know, I don't want to marry you on the first date. I just want to have you do the financial planning and we need it. And, you know, I can pay it. You know, I'm going to pay the financial planning fee. And then maybe I'll change my mind. And maybe I'll want you to actually manage my portfolio. We have a lot of advisors in the WealthRamp network who work exactly that way. They'll say, yes, we can start out one way, we can flex, we talk about it, we talk it through, and here's that key word again, we collaborate. Collaborate not only on your whole financial life and your kids, we collaborate on the fees as well. So when it's done correctly, that fee is gonna pay for itself. That sounds really good. And yeah, it reminds me of when, when I was a stockbroker a billion years ago, there were still dinosaurs walking around, um, I, I got a VP, you know, I got the corner office, blah, 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 because I was doing really well. And and the first, one of the first things I did was I wrote a letter to the president of EF Hutton. And I said, you know, this business would be a lot cleaner. Now, I was all commission, 100% commission, okay? Um, and I said, this business would be a lot better, and, and I would feel a lot better about it if we didn't get paid just on commission, if we got paid on customer satisfaction. So what if we, st we retain the 100% commission style, 
But we also had half of your commissions are withheld based on a contract that you signed with that client uh, on things that were not just objective, but subjective. So in other words, if you said to me, I want to be contacted once a week, I want to make sure I don't lose any principal. I want to earn at least 4% a year. So we would, we would agree on whatever these terms were. And then every quarter, I would be judged on how, how good I was doing at meeting those terms. And that would prohibit me from promising, because when, when you're a commission stockbroker, you go, well, I'll make you 100% a year, because you don't care. I mean, you're, <laughs> if you don't, you don't. But, but I would care in this situation, because if I, don't leave, if I don't live up to the expectations or the things I agreed to, I'm going to have some of my income withheld. Yeah, I mean, you were, so, way, you were way ahead of your time. Yeah, that was like 1987. And, and you, know what he, you know what he said? You know what he, how he responded? I can imagine. You're fired. He didn't, he didn't respond. I did get fired from the company, actually. But I, I it took me a while I, longer I than that. I don't know but how yeah. you would want to leave your your income based on the whims of of people well, commenting. It's, not. it's, I it's mean, written down. If, if if the thing was, you know, I'm, I need to call you once a month or once a week, and I, you know, I, in other words, what it's doing, Aaron, is it's forcing us both, me me as the uh, advisor and you as the client, to decide what our conditions of satisfaction are. And the reason I'm bringing up this long, boring story is because I would urge you, if you are going to go to a financial advisor, to not to tie their income to it, but to say, here is what I want. I want you to call me. I expect to make 8% a year. I expect, you know, to make you know, this much in dividend, you know, whatever. In other words, you can't expect somebody to satisfy you if, you don't, if they don't know what the terms of that satisfaction are. And so you need to decide what that is. And if you say, I expect to make 15% a year, hopefully that person sitting across the desk is going to say, I can't promise that. That's right. It's not realistic. That's right. Pam, is, is, there, is there an analogy in the financial advisor system similar to like a mowing the yard? I mean, so like I'm, I'm financially in an area where I'm mowing my own yards to, to save money. But yeah, I'd like to be where Stacy is, where I'm hiring somebody else to do this so I don't have to do it and spend my time more wisely. Right. Okay. Where, me, yeah, I think so. That could be. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me take yeah, it in two parts. True. Let me take it in two parts. First of all, separating the advice from the sales, getting away from, look, it's not that brokers who work for brokerage firms or insurance companies are not nice people with great intentions and good advisors, but the business model that they work under and report to is doesn't work for the client. So we got to get rid of that because sales is not advice, right? Sales is not right. advice. Now it's you're a corrupt in the system. Now, it's right. And you knew it. And so did I way back then. So now you're over in the advice world. Now to your analogy. Yes. I always like to say that there comes a point in time where even myself, We've got this big garden that we've grown over the years, and that garden is constantly in need of weeding and, and deadheading. It's much more than just the returns you're getting. It's the Roth IRA conversions. It's the timing of RMDs. It's the tax-focused planning. It's the sale of a house or a business. It's my kids. It's all of this wrapped in. That's all part of the garden and the maintenance that you know what it takes to keep a garden from getting all leggy and ugly. All, the, all of that fertilization and everything. At some point, Aaron. I don't, I'm not going to want to do all that maintenance myself, not just because I don't want to have the time, but because I need a partner who knows more than I, and I need someone who's going to look at my blind spots and my biases and my bad habits and the fees that I might be paying in 401k funds that I didn't even know that I was paying, that I want audited. And if I can squeeze all that out, that goes straight into my return. 
And that's part of where you get that return. And that's part of where you get the value of the advisor. So I'm never going to be the person who's going to tell you, you need this. I'm going to be the person who says, when you decide that you don't want to do all the gardening yourself anymore, come to me and I'll help you. I'll help you find the right partner to collaborate with. That's really, that is a good analogy. And you know, by the way, this reminds me of something else. Every year at tax time, we do stories saying, I, it, it kills me that people pay $300 to go to H&R Block or you know, where, whoever uh, to an accountant. It's fine to do that, but get $300 out of it. Because let's, let me, listen, a, a CPA is going to take the information you give them, your W-2s, blah, 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 and they're going to put it into a computer program that's going to spit out your tax return. In other words, you're paying that person $300 to type. And, and so uh, if that's what you're going to do, don't do that. Type yourself. You know, get, get a software program and do your own taxes. So, but if you are going to pay $300, get $300 worth. I'm a CPA. I pay an accountant. And you know why? Two reasons. One, because I want someone between me and the IRS if I get audited. And two, because I call him up and I say, here's what I'm thinking I should be doing this year. Is that right? You know, tell me what I should do. If you don't do that, if you just hand him your paper... Well, you're, then you're crazy. You're not, getting any, you're not getting anything back for the money that you're paying. And it's the same thing here. Exactly. And you know what, Stacey? It's, it, to me, after doing this for so many years, it's all about people want to become confident and comfortable as they get closer to retirement and into retirement. They want that peace of mind so they're not, they're not feeling that they're doing things wrong and, and they want that person. So imagine now, instead of $300 to you know file your tax return and get your money's worth, you're talking about, I'm paying $10,000 a year. My spouse and I have a portfolio that's worth $1.8 million. Um, that's how much we're paying in, in advice fees at $10,000 a year. You, you really want the peace of mind and confidence to know what's the advisor doing with me collaborating that makes me feel we've co-developed an investment strategy and a tax strategy that makes me feel like I'm getting a, I'm getting a hundred percent of the money back in the fee that I paid because otherwise I might have made a huge error. Like I had a client who just a couple couple of weeks ago said, you know, we want to do it ourselves. We have five million. We're going to go to Italy next summer for a two month vacation, and the advisor who's talking to the couple. Was, was pointing out, I know you want to execute on your own, and I know you want to pay me a flat fee, retainer fee. I'm a little bit concerned as, a, as your fiduciary that if you miss the deadline because you're in Italy, the one deadline that you missed could cost half of my fee for the whole year. So people want to execute on their own, Stacy. When it gets complicated, will they really, when the time comes, will they hit, will they really be able to do the tax loss harvesting? If you can, perfect. You don't need an advisor. But if you question that, you don't think you will, then you can probably really expect to get your money's worth from the right advisor. That, and that makes total sense. And you know, I was just telling you guys in a previous in a previous podcast, we did a podcast on talking money with your honey. And I said, my wife doesn't take an interest in this. And I'm wildly interested in it. Well, there's a perfect example, because if something happens to me, and I'm much older than my wife, uh, at least there'd be somebody there. So she's not going to get ripped off by the first charlatan that comes along after I'm gone. So having and, and also and, and, uh, and also what Aaron said rang true to me too. I used to cut my own grass, take care of my own pool. I don't anymore uh, because I don't want to. But you don't you don't cut your <laughs> own hair, do you? You don't cut your own hair. You might think so if you saw it. But and if you're if you're a business minded person, I guess uh, ten thousand dollar fiduciary is like the cheapest uh, employee you could ever have. 
Well, that's true. If, if, if they're good. If, if they're good, good, yeah. If, if you're good, getting then your then you money's worth, then you know you have that you, you have that confidence because you're knowledgeable about what's going on. You're not handing it over, guys. You're not blindly handing your money over and going, oh, God, I hope and pray that this advisor is going to do well. Are you kidding me? You have yeah, to be yeah. involved in it as collaborating, and you have to know and have the knowledge of what's happening enough so that you're co-creating together and stress testing everything and constantly keeping everything on track, keeping that garden in great shape. Yeah, and you know, and another thing too, or actually two things, and we have to we're going to have to stop here, and I'm going to ask you a question, Pam. But um, the two things: one, do not ever, if you hear my voice, do not go to a commission-based financial advisor. Period. I used to be one. Do Me not too. do that. Me too. Uh, so get somebody who's paying. You're paying by the hour. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I was going to say another thing too, and I can now I can't think of what it was. But just just be very careful about who you're talking to, and always talk to more than one. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It, the only way you know, and I don't care whether we're talking about a dentist, a mechanic, a doctor, or a financial advisor, the only way you're going to know, the cream rises to the top after you talk to several. Tell them who you are. Tell them what you expect. And then see how they answer. And if you only do it with one person, you're not going to get a good idea. You need to do it with several before you pick one. Do you agree with that, Pam? I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I, I'll give you two quick questions that, that I think that people should ask. When they're talking, I mean, assuming the advisor's already been vetted, but once that you've landed on somebody you think is really good and you're going to compare the two, ask them, please describe who are your typical clients and how are you helping them? What are you doing for them to earn this fee year over year? And secondly, what's your fee based on? How do you charge? How do how do how are people paying your fee? So that you get those two questions, and then that helps you get off to the races with a good discussion. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it there because you you have a question. This is funny because you're gonna think I picked this question out or made it up because you were gonna be on our show today. But this literally is a question that I got yesterday. Uh, this question comes to us from Gary, and Gary says, "How should we best convince our son, age 33, to enlist a financial planner to help secure his future?" There's two questions here. That's one. Number two, oh, how can we find a financial planner in Marietta, Georgia, who will work with him and his wife? Uh, so this is a custom-made question for you, Pam. Although it uh, honestly did just get it. So uh, answer these two questions. Number one: How do you how do they convince their son to enlist a financial planner? Uh, I don't know why they would want to convince him. Number one, I think that what they're trying to do is he's got fantastic intentions here. He wants to help his make sure that his um, you know that, that the kid really has the child has the tools to be able to get on track going forward. The best thing to do if you really want to bring in a third party for that is simply just, you know, ask a financial planner to spend a couple of hours buy the time from the advisor and 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 either do it with them together and have the discussion or just basically outline what the expectation would be that you're going to get out of it. What is this child going to get out of this? Not child, the 33-year-old going to get out of this. Um, and, and it should be, you know, walk away with a sense of, you know, what you're doing with your money, what you're doing with these student loans, you know, just listing off some things that can be, you know, organized. Obviously, you're a parent who cares greatly uh, about getting your child off on the right foot. But I think the best way to convince is, is probably to find a really, really good, and that's the next question, planner and just buy a couple of hours of time and, and sit together oh, and have a, a meeting idea. together. 
Okay, so now this is this is your real opportunity to toot your own horn. Uh, how, do, how do they find a financial planner in Marietta, Georgia? Okay, so in wealthramp.com that I've created for this reason, um, I'm the only website, by the way, that doesn't share or sell your personal information. So when you come to me, I'm not sharing that information with advisors. It's a one-way mirror. I'll show you the advisors who, the, who are the best fit, closest to you as I can. I've got 240 advisors in our network all over the country. We do have advisors in Georgia. And you will take a look at them and look at their profiles, their SEC records, and then it's up to you to initiate contact with them. Or you can also ask Pam at WealthRamp.com. Just email me directly. Um, but happy to help. I mean, that's, that's what WealthRamp is all about. Awesome, Pam. And and again, I've known Pam for thirty years, and I don't I don't gratuitously put people on my podcast, but I do trust Pam. In fact, you know what? I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you, Pam, but I had a I have a good friend in San Francisco, and she asked about how to get a financial planner, and I sent her to you, and you you talked to her directly. Yeah, I do that a lot. You're a nice. You're a nice no, person. people are shocked. They they really are. They're like, I'm talking. Oh, you know, you're the one. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. This is I I care deeply about this. I'm passionate about this. I want people to do it right because I think it really matters. That it's going to help their confidence if they get the right kind of help when they need it. Well done. We are we are out of time, guys. We're going to go ahead and close it out. Uh, we're out of time. But you know what? We're never out of topic ever. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find lots of links and more info in our show notes. And remember. If your goal is to make more, to spend less, and retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, Miranda, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And, of course, you want to visit Pam at WealthRamp. That's WealthRamp, Wealth, I don't know if I can say it, WealthRamp.com. If if you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, then do a little something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you a couple seconds, really helps us. So if you like us, show us. And subscribe. Tell your friends, too. I'm Stacy Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. And I'm still mowing yards. Still mowing yards. <laughs> and Pam. Thanks, Stacy. You betcha, Pam. Thanks for hanging out with us. And and thanks to all you guys at home, too. We're going to see you right here next time.